0: Hello and welcome to The Nature Pod, a weekly conversation and invitation to join me and my guests as we navigate pathways to nature, as prescribed in forest bathing and the practice of Shinrin Yoku. Let's awaken our senses to all that is around us as my fellow walkers in life, friends, experts in the field of health, wellness and ecotherapy, share their stories of nature connection and their insights into personal development. I'm Suzanne Radford, forest therapy practitioner, communication coach and radio presenter, lover of the great outdoors, guiding people through nature to a place of calm, clarity and contentment. I have found some of the best conversations, ideas and inspiration happen when walking and spending time in nature. So let's connect and see where it takes us. It's a pleasure to welcome my guest today. He's a retired police officer who moved from Britain with his wife, Kate, five years ago. Paul Carter now lives in the mountains of Monchique in southern Portugal, working what he calls a functional farm. Here, Kate and Paul rear their animals free to roam and process them for the table, and they grow vegetables and fruits without the use of pesticides or fertilisers. Paul discusses his connection to nature and with soil biology and how it relates to our health and to life on earth, and he shares his thoughts on responsible farming to reverse the effects of climate change. I joined Paul on the farm, and standing on the terrace, I began by asking him to describe the location and the vista before us.
1: Right, we're um, on our little homestead, which is uh, a 10-hectare plot of land surrounded by Cork Forest, but in the middle you've got like an amphitheatre with uh, terraces, which are very old terraces, so they've been farmed for very many years. We came here five years ago, and... um, Hopefully reclaim them and uh, trying to get them going again. 15 terraces here in front of us. We're on the side of the mountain overlooking Mia Vienna and Picotta, a good sizable plot of land.
0: It's a beautiful setting. What pulled you here? What drew you to this spot?
1: It was one of those instances where we been we were in the market for uh, buying a small holding and we got shown this place and we just fell in love with it instantly. Uh, you just knew it was the place for us didn't realize the amount of work we were taking on but uh yeah whatever we could we we can we can deal with all that. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm standing here and it's a beautiful October afternoon. It's a nice freshness in the air. We've had some rain earlier this week, so it's kind of waking up the mountain a little bit after the summer, I think. And uh, I can see ducks and a goose and and trees, cork oaks. There you've got your own cork oak forest, which is really rather special to say you've.
1: Oh, gosh, yes. They're beautiful. And if you look up over there, you can see the goats up in the. Oh on top of the, uh, what we call the tump there. And they're looking at us, like.
0: <laughs> so we're, we're in the afternoons. But it has a feeling of calmness here, like the animals seem very chilled and they're sitting, the goats are sitting, the dogs sitting. Is that of the tendency of the rhythm of your day? Just yeah, we,
1: we get out on the ground for about 8 o'clock in the morning. Goats are usually awake. Put them away every night, so in the morning. We go down, let the goats out, and I usually take them out and around for uh, a couple of hours so that they can have a good feed and then I'll put them in the paddock where there's an awful lot of food for them there so everything is chilled we we've um we got pigs in the back there uh, they're in big paddocks everything has um free range to a degree and they're, they're all happy they they all have their food and everything settles down for the day which allows us to to uh, crack on and uh, do our work that we've got to do mainly clearing clearing of land so yeah it's it's um come about five o'clock though the goats will certainly let you know it's time for their evening feed so uh, and the ducks will do the same they'll all start making a noise and moving around so we know it's time for feed
0: so it's you and your wife kate here is it just the two of you that are doing all of this
1: yes yeah yeah we both um both got a little bit of farming background so uh, we're used to uh, dealing with animals and things so uh, it's just Kate and I yeah we came here about five years ago um, into Portugal and I've been on the farm for about three years now so yeah
0: so you renovated the house you've got it looking in really good shape like you said you sort of reclaimed the land and just to understand a bit more about the life before and the life now so what was your background in the UK what were you doing there
1: Well, my background, uh, I I went to, uh, as a young lad, I went to an agricultural boarding school, a place called Brymore in Somerset. So that was predominantly based around agriculture. And then I went into milking cows and dairy husbandry, back to college uh, for a year, and then realised that uh, farming wasn't the life for me. Joined uh, the Avon and Somerset police force, did 25 years in that. And then Kate and I uh, decided to set up our own business of looking after people with learning difficulties in Bristol since, I think, 2004. And then five years ago, we decided uh, to sail a boat from uh, the UK down to Portugal with an intention to go on into the, the, into the Merlin. But we got to Lagos and fell in love with Portugal to, um, and stayed. So um, here we are.
0: What an amazing journey, and it's uh, and it's and it's ongoing. You said you fell in love with Portugal. What was it? What do you think it is about? Well, especially here in Monchique, up in the mountains, that you find so special.
1: The people, they have made us so welcome here. Our neighbours and, and well, they've just been fantastic. Really looked after us. Um, it's it's the, the countryside. It's the views. It's the weather. Although I do tend to struggle in the in the heat of the summer, but now, this time of year, it's just stunning. One important thing is you can get real fresh cow's milk here. That's another really important factor for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're, at the be- we're at the beginning of October, so we're sort of transitioning into a new season. Where, where, where are you at then with the land and the animals? What needs mm. to be done at the moment?
1: A bit of a story here, really. We When we first came here, we tried to grow Favish broad beans, in the land and none of it grew. It was just dreadful, Um, which was the start of my journey into looking at exactly what the problem was. And I've concluded that the the land has been overused with fertilizers and sprays and just synthetics. There is no biology left in the soil. And the more I've looked into this, the more I've realized that the soil biology, the soil life is, is key to life on earth unless you have good soil biology, you will not grow nutritious foods. Hugely important for us because um, when we first came here, we both Kate and I started with aches and pains and we we couldn't really put our finger on what the problem was. So we started to look at our diets and stuff like that and um, realised that a lot of foods, not necessarily in Portugal, but around the world. There's lots of rhetoric around saying that over the last 50 years, nutrition in in the vegetables that we grow is is dropped between 50 and 70 percent. Well, I think that's true when you look at the way in which a lot of vegetables are grown, a lot of use of uh, synthetics to get them to grow. Uh, My objective here is to grow everything without any chemicals whatsoever, dragging up the nutrients from the soil, putting it into the plants so that we can eat nutritious um, vegetables. That's the objective, and um, I've been working hard uh, ever since, trying not to till the soil. The compaction um, is so bad that I've had to slightly till the soil just to get roots in the ground. I'm growing a diverse cover crop, uh, I think it's seven different grass seeds and clovers and, and uh, things, so as diverse as possible just to get the soil growing, building soil again, building the biology back in the soil, then we'll start replanting with vegetables and using the biology and, and um, the natural elements to grow nutritious foods.
0: Have you <coughs> noticed a change in yourselves, living this lifestyle and being in this landscape and getting your hands in the soil? And Some of these things, are, for some people, would be really uncomfortable, getting your hands dirty, getting around animals.
1: First and foremost, I think um, the world has become too sterile in terms of um, gut health and things like that. I think there's a lot of uh, research coming out now saying that just literally walking through the forests, breathing in the air, you're breathing in pathogens from the forest, and it's all going into your gut health, and it's all part and parcel of, of, of a healthy gut biome. And again, with the with with the soils and, and the animals in that You're working, you're getting filthy dirty all the time, you're in amongst the dust and I'm sure there must be pathogens on that, uh, bacteria that you're ingesting and it all goes to to improve your overall health. It's a job to say whether we've uh, noticed any improvements because I've certainly found that working so hard here that I'm getting aches and pains just from the pure work and muscle strains and stuff like that but uh, overall i'm pretty sure our general health is is much much better well i've not been to a doctor for i don't know how many years now so something must be must be happening
0: and you both look really well and i really notice that with people that are in this setting and that are you know physical as well it's like coming off a forest bathing walk. if i've been hiking in the hills mm. or there's this sort of sparkle in people's mm. faces mm. the skin's good mm. the eyes are bright and it's just because you're breathing all this in and, and, mm. and being physical with mm. It as well.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's mental health as well, isn't it? It all, all plays a part, and uh, we spend all day, every day outside. You know, when we turn in of an evening time to have our supper, we really look forward to uh, a rest and getting our heads down and sleeping well, ready for the next day. You know, you never get bored here, you've always got something to do. We love the animals, all the animals, even though we process some some of the animals here, you know, they all have a very good life, and we love them all. So it's, it's all good. Mental health. It's it, yeah, it's yeah. It's a great life.
0: Should have a little look around. Yeah, go yeah, show me. You been drawn oh, you been drawn, yeah, the a Good season. <laughs> Hello, goatees.
1: Yeah, so Aww. these are the two babies.
0: <laughs> Hello, beautifuls.
1: These two here. We were given these goats. Um, I think the, the the previous owner, they were moving to France and couldn't take them. So we more or less rescued them. And she uh, has had these two little babies,
0: Aww. boy and a girl. How old are
1: they? They are eight weeks. Aww. That's young Nipper.
0: <laughs> He's lovely. And this
1: is Bella. These are sisters.
0: Oh, hello, pretty Absolutely
1: things. gorgeous. Yeah. So friendly.
0: Aren't you? Beautiful. And so what's the sort of main purpose? It's
1: just clearing, really. Even with the little baby billy goat we got here, we'll we'll probably castrate him, but we'll keep him. Their job is to keep the ground clear, albeit we've only got six goats, which is nowhere near enough. I need to be up around 18 to 20 goats, which I'll probably uh, achieve at some stage. But in the main, their job is to clear the ground and um, keep it as uh, as free from weeds as possible so that we don't have to go up with streamers And, um, you know, obviously with the critical fire periods, it's a, a very big onus on us to keep the grounds clear.
0: I see on Facebook your photos and I see you <laughs> early morning with the goats. Just describe that feeling for you with the animals of an early morning.
1: Oh, uh, well, <laughs> it's a, a very peaceful, tranquil time they all know where they're going and um, we all wander off to the top of the mountain here and uh, i usually find a little rock to sit on and i just leave them to 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 feed (laughs) you know when they've had enough because um they come back to you and then they start pestering you you know ripping the hat off your head and 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 biting in, and all in, all in good fun but it's it's delightful. These two get very jealous of one another so if the little white goat here starts making a fuss of me the brown goat nipper will come in and push it out there. It's all that, <laughs> all those uh, dynamics going on, it's brilliant and really? I usually carry a, um, a comb with me so they all get a, a grooming as well so yeah it's all very peaceful and tranquil Look
0: at you chewing away your teeth beautiful <laughs> really, yeah I love the fact there's a purpose. You know, it's like anything in nature. There's everything has its role to play within the system, and, and this is what you've set up here with the animals, with the land, with the earth. Everything's got its part to play. Well,
1: uh, nature is is the overriding dominant force here. We need ruminants to complete the carbon cycle. Uh, you need ruminants to, oh well, in this case the goats to, to, to keep the ground clear. Every animal that is here has a purpose. Even the cats, the cats keep the mice down, the dogs they keep hope well, try to keep the, uh, the the wild pigs at bay. Everything has a purpose. The goats keep the ground ground clear, the, the, the ducks give us eggs. Everything has to have a purpose. And it's nature's way of, of sustaining the land. It's it's all the manure that they produce, it's all it all goes back into the land and it's all part of life's big circle of life, isn't it? So they know it's not time for um, anything else at the moment so they're quite that's quite nice
0: yeah they're all sitting chilled out relaxed (laughs) (laughs) have you got a lot of acorns this year i seem to have loads my way there are tons um
1: and you can see them here and they're huge good size acorns this year uh which is brilliant because the goats love them uh the pigs love them as well so last year we had four pigs which were we could say they were finished on on acorns so and and the, the flavor of the meat was stunning
0: what they're eating and they will come through the flavor of what you were eating so all the goodness and the to way really... you
1: keep them as well you know they're they're allowed to roam on uh, or in big paddock areas uh, where there are the acorns and all the other shrubs and things that they'll root up they they're allowed to be pigs and that Comes through in the flavour of the meat, even when they're processed. There is no stress, no travelling. It's all done very, very humanely, and as I say, it comes through in the quality of the meat. It's just stunning.
0: Okay, so i uh, head on down. <laughs> the cork oak trees. An amazing thing, cork, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I mean the. the <laughs> The cork is there to uh, protect the trees and, um, uh, and certainly protect them from fire, and of course, in 2018. Uh, we had literally just had the harvest completed here and then the fire came through which is why we lost so many trees.
0: Great shame but you've still got a lot of trees which thank goodness.
1: Where the um, the gaps in the trees are now you're getting the madronia bushes uh, growing up so which we're going to encourage because we can get a fruit from those and uh, the locals will we we allow our neighbors in to pick the fruits and um, they repair it with a couple of bottles of madronia which is absolutely fine by us and of course the goats love the madronia leaves so it's everybody's a winner.
0: Fabulous, we're just walking this morning with a group and I was explaining about the madronia, it's part of the strawberry family and it's really unique to this part of the world. We've just come to your cork oak forest, just standing here and I can see, if I look up it's like this canopy of cork branches and leaves and these sort of fractals through to the sky, beautiful blue and green I can see. But core coats have the, such a great shape to them that when they're all together in the forest, it just creates these amazing patterns. Stunning. The, the
1: best way to see these, I think, is first thing in the morning. Just as the sun is coming up over Picotta, absolutely breathtaking. I, I take photos and I put them on Facebook, but it, you ne- it never does it justice. You've got to be here to, 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 to live through that. But having said that, if you look back up over here, where where there's a lot of burnt cork, it's it's a, obviously a sad reflection of what's happened. But it still um, has its own beauty, I think. I suppose it's it's nature again, isn't it? It's just what it would be like. And no sooner do the, um, the the flames and that go through, and the new growth within within a year, we were experiencing new growth. Nature's way of cleansing the land to start again, and and there's there's new cork trees growing new. Uh, Madronia uh, bushes growing and that's the beauty about nature if you have any bare soil in your garden nature will fill it with weeds and it's about understanding nature and working with nature to understand that process and and putting mulches on the ground to stop your weeds to suppress your weeds to allow your the crops to grow through so it's learning from nature and and that's a classic example of what was bare ground it was charred and 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 just a dust bowl but within, within a year, you've got weeds growing. And, and and we need to emulate that in the way we farm our land and, and, and look after our land.
0: And there's such a lot of lessons to learn there. You're absolutely right. Looking there through, for me, it's so much growth. So it's incredible how resilient nature is and how and things come back. And I guess the soil is also richer, right?
1: Um, to a point, it will be. Yeah. Um, the soils within within a forest area like this will be completely different to yeah. our terraces it's looking at what goes on within the soils here. So you've got every year you've got a fall of, of uh, leaves which uh, co- uh, creates a mulch which slowly rots down and, and affects the soil. You've got the soil biology all working. You've got the um, mycorrhizal fungi and there's all this communication on a, on a, on a molecular level with the microbes. and that. They, they say that within a teaspoonful of soil um, there's more life in that teaspoon of soil, of soil than there is human beings on earth it's, it's 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 that and like i say you can never ever outsmart nature all these people that are trying to grow hydroponics and they will not outsmart nature nature will always win and it's, until people actually understand that you're, you're fighting a losing battle
0: you're waking up in this you're like in this it's like a nest for you you've you've got all this around you this life when you
1: say I'm surrounded by it, but it wasn't until I actually came here and started trying to farm that I really switched on to what's going on. You know, there's all this talk about climate change and, you know, my small plot of land here, uh, what I've seen in terms of soil quality, the inability of things to grow here, unless there's actual uh, synthetics, throughout, you multiply that to, uh, to um, uh, a world scale, you realise what difficulties we're going to be facing. So hopefully I can lead by example and things like this. We'll get the message out there. You know, people just got to stop and think it's common sense. That's all it is. It's common sense. If you haven't got soil biology, you haven't got life. And we need the soil, you know, photosynthesis with all the, the grasses and the things that are drawing all this carbon down pumping it back into the soil. And, it,
0: and actually what you're describing, it's health, isn't it? That's actually exactly, health.
1: Exactly right. It's, it's, um, it's nature. Right. So I think if we walk yeah. um, on probably through here, we'll come through here. Okay. And we'll come down onto a, a terrace that we've seeded um, this morning. I'm trying to do everything on a no-till basis. Every time you um, turn the soil, you kill... Um, a lot of the bacteria, you, you alter the, the biology of the soil, which is what you don't want to do. So I'm trying to do everything on a no-till basis here. However, I, I'm unable to find a direct drill, small enough so that I can use it on, on the terraces here. So I've had to sort of use another system of slightly tilling the topsoil, planting into that, and then rolling it but that should be the last time i disturb the soil wow. and then the diversity is the currency of life so i've got a very diverse cover crop going in there mm-hmm. and it will all hopefully build soil and then i'll be able to strike out plots of land which i can use for growing whatever vegetables i want and the the, the, the structure will be there from made up from the cover crop that I've put in.
0: Well, it looks amazing, and it's very flattened out. You know, terraces cut out of the side of the mountain, which is how the local farmers have farmed for years. Mm-hmm. And then, they, and then a lot of places got abandoned and left. How long did it take you to get it to this stage?
1: We when we moved in here, you couldn't um, distinguish where the terraces started and ended because they were so badly overgrown. So we spent the first year, maybe two years, clearing. Clearing the land to see exactly what we got, then we allowed it to grow, and the weed grasses and that grew back. Gave us time to think what we're going to do. This terrace down here it looks overgrown, um, which it is to a degree, but there has been we've, we've had strawberries and raspberries and blackcurrants, uh, blackberries growing there, and um, we've we've just the crops have been so big we've just not known what to do with all the all the fruit. So, I think there's strawberries even now. Um, but the, again, no fertilizer everything 's been either a mulch or um, the grass that we cut just turned in on top of the um, on the plants that we 've got there and it 's just seen us right the way through two summers now with so much fruit it's', it's unbelievable
0: and um, so just an idea of what you might grow on this one that you preferred here this terrace Any we'll idea?
1: probably keep it to grass and um, will allow the goats to um, graze it off um, again because it's nice for them to have a good quality grass as opposed to eating all this rough stuff all the time Um, and again obviously they'll be walking and um, depositing their manure on the ground and trampling all that in so it's all good good for the soil and it's all about rebuilding the soil because we got so there's so much land here it's not there's too much for us i don't want to get into selling crops or anything like that but it's just about rebuilding the soil getting that biology back um leaving this land much better than when we first came here so that's that's a a, a real objective for me
0: oh i can smell it nicer uh, yeah. smell of the soil in the grass
1: yeah, of course. I mean, the, the dust, mm. um, we've, we've needed the, the rain just to, to keep the dust down. I and mean, When you're um, cultivating it, it's, it's incredible, the amount of dust, which in effect is the, um, the lifeblood of the soil leading That's your, your humus and your topsoil dissipating. When, when you see dusts um, coming off the ground, that's um, what you don't want to see. So
0: um, You want to keep it in. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that's the thing. If you have a bare soil which you'll see great examples of next door here. Uh, during the summer months, the wind blows, you'll see all this dust going and that's your topsoil, that's the gold leaving yeah. your land. And then the rains will come and a lot of the soil will get washed away and you see the brown streams all carrying your topsoil away. Wow. My objective is to have roots in the ground all the time so that that doesn't happen. You've got a good example coming up here where I've covered this in straw. Uh A number of reasons is because one, I need to try and keep the moisture in the soil. Mm -hmm. Obviously we've gone through the summer where the the sun has baked the ground hard. Just by leaving a mulch on top, you're putting a protective layer over that uh, ground keeping the moisture in you're also that's gradually decaying below you're increasing the soil biology and the, and, and the worms and the and the, and the life in that so when we come along I'm going to put potatoes in here I won't dig the salt I'll just clear the straw away put a potato in cover it and leave it and hopefully that should grow all this here again is plants growing through um, straw as you see here we had sunflowers mm. and what I've done is I've just cut the stalks off you still see the remnants but what you need to understand is a, a sunflower root sends one big tap root down breaking up the 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 plough pan and all the other roots will remain there uh, doing their thing and obviously when you cut it off they all rot down leaving room and, uh, and, and nutrients there for other plants to come along and take over from where those roots were left And as you see, there's nothing much wrong with those cabbages. The cabbages are
0: coming up and they look beautiful. And so they're feeding from down below off that, what you've set up with the sunflowers. It's amazing.
1: So this is my new, this year's um, asparagus. I put them in, uh, actually they've been in a 12 month now. um, And a phenomenal rate of growth on that, which I'm absolutely delighted with. Now I won't be able to harvest anything from there for at least three years. So that's doing very nicely that's the bed that I'm using at the moment to um, or will use uh, for for harvest I think around um, in the new year I think they, they, they start coming through so that will all be cut off and then we'll put more uh, mulch on top and that will all come up and that will be our next year's harvest of, of asparagus but again no chemicals all that's been achieved by using mulches and uh, animal manure
0: Amazing! Mm. I noticed the chestnut chestnut yep. tree. Yeah. Beautiful. They're out really out in full force at the moment. Yeah, aren't we've, they?
1: we've got two more here.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Beautiful.
1: Just down below on the next terrace down. Again, this is um, an experiment I've, I'm trying, following um, uh, a method called Ruth Stout's method of growing. Uh, vegetables basically just putting hay and straw on top of whatever it is you've put into the ground so I'm emulating what she's done but again I've uh, made two terraces there I've got uh, mulberry trees either side so that will formulate some shade for the plants as um, as time goes on but also the uh, the mulberry trees the roots are very good at attracting uh, mycorrhizal fungi which is what you need to, to, to surround your roots and help help your, your plants grow. So there is a method in the madness, but again, that law, all, all the grass that's been growing around that, that will be cut and that will be thrown onto the, um, the growing areas as a mulch and as feed and, and stuff like that. So again, no need to buy any fertilizers or anything um, like that to get our plants growing.
0: Now you mentioned the fungi there. Now we're going into the mushroom season, mm. aren't we? Around mm. Montchat, which I remember last year, I went foraging with. Uh, there's a, a group, a mm. local all mm. locals. Mm. I didn't, and there was an expert there, and it was just fascinating. These locals, they knew where the mushrooms were on mm. this mountain. They know mm. how to seek them out, mm. forage for them, and this guy was uh, advising, advising what you could eat and what you couldn't eat. I still wouldn't eat any of them just because I was being really cautious. But it was such a great. It was a rainy day mm. uh, in October mm. last year. So. you Mushrooms for you guys?
1: Like you, I have no idea about mushrooms and they frighten the live I love to eat them, <laughs> um, but like you, I would need an expert saying that's safe, that's not. But uh, again, we are covered in mushrooms here, so uh, it's brilliant. And that, so many different yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of yeah. shapes
0: and sizes yeah. and colors, it's incredible. Mm. I suppose it's another example of, of when you've come from living in a city or living. Well, for me, I came from living in Dubai and I mean, I knew where mushrooms came from. Mm -hmm. I know where food Mm -hmm. comes from. But when you're actually in it and you actually see and you know that it's the season telling you to to pick, Mm -hmm. not to just buy off the supermarket Mm -hmm. shelf Mm -hmm. all year Mm -hmm. round. Anything you're picking here from your farm, whether it be the oranges off the trees or lemons or your vegetables, it's going to taste even more like a lemon should or a vegetable should.
1: I'm pretty sure most people have heard the the, um, the the old adage of homegrown tastes so much better. I totally get that, and I totally believe in it. The the vegetables that we we have grown, you've only got to look at our our um, sweet peppers there, yeah, absolutely delicious, and the strawberries and the lettuces that we've we've already harvested from here, second to none. If you're going to grow a plant to eat then whatever the nutrients uh, and the soil that uh, it's grown in, the better that is, the better the plant. You know, it's, it's logic. It's total logic. And as soon as you start putting fertilizers or chemicals onto the land, uh, you destroy the biology, which is so necessary um, to make it all work. And then the plant becomes totally reliant on the, the synthetics that you're putting in. Well, you're not going to put all the all the all the nutrients that the plant requires. You just put enough to get it to make it look like a carrot. But here, because the because nature is growing it for you, you know you've got the right stuff there, and the taste it, it, you, you tell by the taste.
0: Really look at those peppers. Yeah. Beautiful. Got a few yeah. tomatoes left there.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh God. I mean, we've got loose down there, but um, we've done very, very well with tomatoes. Very well. Again, all these, all these uh, terrace banks. Again, we're going to we're going to plant out with strawberry uh, strawberry plants. You know, at least you've got something growing on the on yeah, the banks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You've got mulberry. I've forgotten about mulberry yeah. in here.
1: Look at these um, grapefruit. Oh,
0: know? look at those!
1: Absolutely covered. <laughs>
0: definitely squeeze one of those in the morning from yeah. a breakfast beautiful yeah. loads
1: in there and that that tree's only three years old so we yeah. must be doing something
0: right you smell mint oh there's yeah. Mint everywhere yeah <laughs> again
1: we're, we're very very fortunate with the amount of water we got uh, on this land we, i think we've got about six different little springs and everywhere where there's a spring you get this mint growing so when you're mowing and walking you get this wonderful smell of mint yeah gorgeous yeah, so we've, we've seeded all these terraces, this terrace, those two up there. Yeah, it should uh, be interesting, we just need a little bit more rain. But that's the other th- important factor uh, with what we're trying to achieve here is by increasing the um, humus within the soil, the carbon content of the soil, you actually increase the water holding ability of the soils. Um, for every 1% of uh, organic matter, in the soil, you increase the water in an acre, you increase that uh, water uh, holding capacity by about 170,000 gallons Wow! that's one percent and of course now with all these floods and everything else that's going on we're destroying our soil so it's losing that ability to hold on to the 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 moistures and uh, you get the runoff, you get the floods Um, It's not rocket science to actually turn this all around. So you get these massive monoculture-type fields of barley and wheat and whatever. Doomed to fail because you're actually destroying the soil. Uh, It's losing its ability to hold on to moisture. And subsequently, you get the runoff, you get the flooding. It's just, you're trying to cheat nature again.
0: It's like shortcutting, isn't yeah. it? Shortcutting yeah. everything for mass production, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just backfires.
1: Well, I know there will be people saying, oh, well, we need, we need to produce this amount of food um, to feed the world, but um, I think it's like 40% of the food we do produce is wasted anyway, so that argument doesn't really hold true, does it?
0: <laughs> so we're here at the pond, one of yep. the ponds, so you've got your duck.
1: The uh, infamous uh, Muscovy duck, which um, prolific breeders... Um, and obviously egg layers, and we love duck eggs. Much richer than a a hen's egg. We've only got about four hens, I think, left now, but uh, we're gonna go over to the um, duck production because of the quality of the eggs, really. Um, We also process our own ducks for our own table, and again, the quality of meat is just stunning.
0: It's very tranquil sitting by the water.
1: We've got goldfish in that in there, which is actually quite nice. We're going to redesign all this, put this up in haste, really, just to see how it all pans out. But we're going to um, stop the ducks from using that terrace and bring them down. And then we're going to build another pond here. Um, so the water will come down through and then the water will then go on around and, and irrigate the um, ah, yeah. the fruit terrace. So to really hold the water back. At the moment, the water just runs down and away so it's all about keeping as much water on the land as possible and allowing it to soak through the entire property.
0: Well I'm enjoying standing looking at the three ducks (laughs) in a row, literally get your ducks in a row your three ducks are in a row with their pink red beaks sticking out just by the water's edge I mean you couldn't paint that picture more perfectly it's just nature's art isn't it wonderful. Yeah.
1: But Uh, again you know they're allowed to be ducks that's the thing it's you've got a nice nice duck pond there um, they're very well fed, uh, that's one of the things that we're trying to um, get around is, is not buying as much uh, animal feed as we do and trying to grow as much as we can. Um, we're not, we're not um, fans of GMO and uh, we want to stay well clear of that as much as we possibly can but uh, it is difficult at the moment, it's really difficult out here.
0: And now they're just floating across the water, beautiful. And you've got the naked ladies, the flowers, they've just sprouted, yes. aren't they? They're beautiful.
1: That's Gilbert, the noisy uh,
0: guinea fowl. Guinea
1: fowl, yeah.
0: He wants to get on mm-hmm. on the podcast. Never Bro-
1: underestimate the importance of shade.
0: Look at that. All of the, du- all the ducks are all sat underneath. That's the babies, yeah. The babies under the lemon tree. Right. They're all gathered together, a bit of shade. It's not, <laughs> not bad for a Monday afternoon. No. <laughs> You must be just learning more and more all the time, right? Is there anyone you would recommend? Gabe Brown,
1: he's um, an American farmer, uh, no-till. He can prove to you that um, it works on a, an industrial set, uh, scale. You've got Gabe Brown, you've got Alan Savory, um, another great guy. His idea is to use vast numbers of ruminants to reclaim decertified land. Um, at the moment, if you have too few animals on, on um, a lot of the land, they, cause, they, they eat all the, all, all, all the vegetation and it just goes to dust and, and you end up with a desert. Yeah. His um, idea is to have large numbers of uh, animals, ruminants, running across or moving across land on a, on a quick succession. Their, their actions of eating, pooing, weeing generates growth and is a great way to turn... I think there's 5 billion hectares of decertified land in the world. He reckons you could turn most of that back round too and that would solve your climate crisis. Alan Savory is a great guy to, to uh, look at. Joe Salatin, another great guy, great uh, guy I've followed for, for quite a few years now. And there's more
0: we've done the sort of circle of your land and walk around, we're back at the house and it makes me think of that, that cycle you think about pollinators that are moving from plant to plant, you think of the animals that are picking stuff up and, and that's getting dropped, the trees are dropping their fruit mm-hmm. that's going into mm-hmm. the ground or the bird comes along mm-hmm. and picks mm-hmm. up the acorn and takes it mm-hmm. somewhere else mm-hmm. And if that's not all working well then we are going to lose the trees, lose the soil, lose the land and the desert comes. so that's what we're calling climate change yeah. and what you're describing is that you can reverse that actually we could we actually as the world the planet we could reverse the effects of what we've seen with climate change if we understood and implemented these Mm, practices
1: mm. in my eyes it's a a a relatively easy thing especially when you think that we we waste 40 percent of our food anyway so you know that gives us quite a big margin to actually say right okay we can reduce um, production on these lands in the short term to turn them back into regenerative and and um, a farming system that doesn't require Uh, synthetics and rebuild those soils and rebuild those big massive open fields to uh, a system which is growing uh, cover crops which is drawing down carbon from the atmosphere and storing it underground and that's photosynthesis and the more of that you've got going on the better it is they say uh, an acre of healthy rainforest in comparison to an acre of a healthy grassland um, the grasses will sequest four times more carbon than the trees. So you know, if you actually think about that, it's it's, it's just an open book, really, for, for people. Then to think, well, let's grow grass. Let's let's feed let's feed cattle. Let's get all that side of it going again. Billions of, of uh, animals, uh, ruminants, that roam the earth, right back to is it the Miocene period? You know, it's it's just outstanding and yet the 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 ruminants are getting the blame for uh, a lot of the climate change and yes there are systems the the um, concentrated animal feed operations bad bad practice i totally get that but we can turn this around by going a few steps backwards and 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 actually regenerating our farming practices back to what it was
0: i was going to ask you what's the thing that makes you sad but i probably probably got that answer (laughs) i'll
1: I'll tell you what makes me sad is the it's the total lack of understanding i think the 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 connection between the public and 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 soils is so disconnected now that people just don't realize what's going on and it's it was a real wake-up call for me to come here and try and grow something based on the knowledge that i had from from my my days at school at the agricultural school not once was i taught anything about soil biology not, not pure soil biology. Now I have a good understanding. Suddenly, it's suddenly dawned on me what's happening, um, what's happened to this small plot. And then I look at my neighbours and what's going on there. You realise the, 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 the problems that we're going to have. And we're not talking many years away. And it's that lack of understanding that frightens me, to be quite honest. And it's just a message I just, you know, I bang that drum on a weekly basis trying to get that message across
0: we are so blessed to be standing here and looking at this array of trees right up the mountain your trees up the mountainside mm, in the view and mm. um, but that's all life and mm. it's all pumping back into mm. the ground and mm. out again into mm. the atmosphere and that's mm. what ge- keeps us alive absolutely and keeps everything alive and us alive you know and well
1: it's, it's i mean you mentioned the word functional um that's exactly what i've called this a functional farm in portugal and uh, you know i'm i'm building a little bit of a blog site and stuff like that and it's called a functional farm in portugal so but that's based on functional medicine and stuff like that and if you actually look at people like dr mark hyman and, and he's got a brilliant book which i'm reading at the moment food fix it's an absolute must read and it puts it all into perspective of what's going on with 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 food and how we can fix it and recently there was a uh, the, the, the film on netflix uh, kiss the ground fantastic that's exactly what we should be Watching and and getting that message across. I thought
0: I told the story really well in that that documentary. Oh, superb, superb. Yeah, and the history. Yeah, there was stuff there I didn't I didn't yeah. know. really, really worth. Good recommendation. Yeah. So, Paul, um, if there was one word for you to describe nature,
1: knowledge, knowledge. It's given me, you know, you can't you, you can't beat it. You've got to work with it, copy it, but you'll never beat it. So it's knowledge. Nature is to me is knowledge and pure. It's just fascinating, superb, I love it, absolutely love
0: it. I'm sure there's many, but uh, a greatest pleasure or joy it brings you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the greatest, especially on this land where we've been trying to get things to grow, when you do finally harvest some of your own veg, which we've now started to do, is just uh, lovely. It's, 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 I, I get, I, there's nothing better as far as I'm
0: concerned. Paul Carter, thank you very much. You're most welcome. You can follow Paul on Facebook at Paul Carter or via his blog, A Functional Farm in Portugal. You've been listening to The Nature Pod with Suzanne Radford. For more on my forest bathing walks and online programmes for nature connection and stress management, check out thenaturepod.com and you can sign up to the newsletter. Or you can find me on social media at forestbathingalgarve Algarve. And if you'd like to share your stories of nature connection and join me on The Nature Pod, then get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. I leave you now with an invitation to connect with soil and the earth. Gently put your hands into soil, feel the soil under your fingertips, feel the texture and any sensations and take in the scent and notice how it feels.